Hello and welcome to episode 82 of In Squash Podcast. I'm your host, uh, Jerry Gibson, and uh, what an honor it was for me today to speak with uh, uh, Ramek Khan, coach to Jahangir Khan, the greatest uh, player-coach combination in the history of the game, and Jahangir Khan, of course, the the greatest player uh, of all time. Uh, Ramek, the coach to Jahangir, comes on, and we had a great chat that just covered just about everything. Uh, you'd want to hear from him. Uh, really, really enjoyed uh, talking to him. We go back to uh, talking about um, his early days as a player. He did reach number 12 in the world, so we look uh, briefly at that. And then uh, how things started to come together between him and Jancher shortly, I guess, uh, after uh, the unfortunate passing of his of Jay Hanger's brother, Torsum, who died of a heart attack on the squash court. Uh, and that uh, brought uh, Ramit and Jahangir together, and he describes how that came about. And then the golden years, of course, the 10 British Opens, 555 straight victories, the World Championships, you name it. He did it. He conquered the hardball game as well. So we cover all that ground uh, and some interesting stuff there on the mental uh, game how uh, and, and Jahangir's training and how uh, Ramit was able to impress upon Jahangir to stay, to keep his eyes on the prize. There was a goal uh, that they had, uh, which was, I believe, to get to 10 uh, British Opens, 10 British Open titles, and uh, that's what they focused on, and that's that was the, the main goal. And, uh, and also how uh, JK was able to withstand the sort of the, the distractions that came along with uh, being... Uh, the greatest of all, uh, the greatest player of his uh, generation. And um, then also a look at the uh, the hardball, uh, his foray into hardball, and how that uh, impacted his career and his game. And we also talked quite a bit about uh, the state of Pakistani squash. Uh, Ramit's role uh, in that back at the turn of the millennium, uh, where he was uh, coaching the, the world junior team uh, for several uh, successful seasons and uh, a little bit about the politics and the current state uh, of that situation over there. And hopefully uh, they're able to get back uh, to where they once were, which is, of course, uh, the top of the game. And then uh, we look at the modern game as well. There's so much in this uh, podcast uh, within every little, uh, within every topic that I just mentioned that you want to get, uh, that you want to listen to. Ramit, uh, it was, again, an incredible honor to speak to him. He was a guy that uh, you know we all looked up to from my generation. He was the coach to Jahangir. Uh, he passed through my hometown on a couple of occasions to do exhibitions with Jahangir, and I got to, to witness those. I was quite young. And then I also uh, personally uh, had the opportunity to, uh, to participate in one of his uh, junior squash camps. I was invited to uh, Toronto uh, to play uh, to, uh, for, I think it was about a week, a week-long camp with Ramit uh, Jahangir. And uh, there were several others, uh, other juniors that I competed against at the time. And uh, also, I believe, uh, as Ramit mentioned, uh, Jonathan Power was at that camp, and he was maybe uh, uh, 10 years old or, or, or younger uh, at the time. And uh, uh, that, that's my experience with Ramit. With Ramit. Uh, being the coach to Jahangir, the, the guy that we all 
uh, looked up to at the time. And uh, still, uh, when you watch him play, you can just see, uh, you know, he would compete. Uh, he, I mean, he would be uh, a champion uh, in today's game as well with the, with the style of play that he brought to, to the court. Um, and Ramit was a big reason behind that. Uh, so I know you're going to enjoy this episode 82 with Ramit Khan. All right, well, welcome uh, to episode 82. I believe it's eight, episode 82. And uh, it's an honor to have uh, this guest that I have on today. It's an honor to have him on the podcast. Uh, he's the coach, uh, was the coach to uh, the great, greatest player of all time, Jahangir Khan, and obviously uh, the greatest player-coach combo in the history of the game. Uh, they amassed uh, 10 British Open titles together, 555 uh, match win streak, among many, many, many other accomplishments. And uh, he himself reached uh, number 12 in the world as a player. Uh, Ramit Khan is my guest, and it's an honor to have you on the podcast today, Ramit. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jerry. It's very nice to be here with you, talking to you. Yeah, great. And uh, Ramit, now uh, before we get into uh, deep into the squash side of things, you're living in uh, San Fran- or currently residing maybe in San Francisco these days. Uh, so how's life? Yeah, that's right. In San Francisco, and are you still involved uh, in the game at all over there? Yes, I am actually from coaching point of view. I'm still involved. Um, mainly, I'm at the moment doing lots of clinics, moving around in the country and here and there. Um, so it's good, as I said, you know, coaching will keep me in a squash, I think, uh, till the last day I live. Yeah. Uh, it's a great pleasure. And it's, it's a fun, it's a, it gives me a lot of pleasure to pass on to what experience and what knowledge I have about squash. Absolutely. Well, you had a, a tremendous impact uh, on me, you and Jahangir, because I grew up as a junior in the mid-80s, late-80s. And uh, as, as we spoke about just before we started the podcast, I had the great uh, opportunity to be invited to one of your junior camps in Toronto way back in the, in the, the, during that time in, at the Valhalla Club, I believe. And you, as you mentioned, uh, Jonathan Power was actually there at the camp as well as a 10-year-old, uh, I believe. And you also came through my hometown of Halifax and played a, uh, uh, a few exhibition matches with, with the top players uh, there at the time. Yes. Uh, as, you, as you said, in the 80s, you know, it was a prime time for us, really. So I used to travel quite a lot with Jahangir. And wherever we went, we did a lot of clinics and coaching. And uh, Jonathan Power was also part of that whenever I went to Toronto. Uh, he used to join my camp, and then he used to come to London as well and stay with me uh, when he was young and uh, he coached. Uh, but as I said, you know, it was it, it was great thing to be honest to, to be involved in the squash and also the hardball and Jahangir uh, playing both uh, the games. So I think it was good, and we did a lot of clinics and a lot of drills. Uh, people have seen us going together, um, you know, in those days. So it was a good combination. And I think whatever we could, we did get back to squash. And as a result, as you know, you know, it was because of sheer hard work, obviously. Uh, I think this was the first player ever in history of squash who were together, living together, 24 hours together, you know. And the result was under 10%, I would say, really. Because I believe if you, if you concentrate on anything, give 100%, then the result will be 100% show if the things are right. So 
to do the things properly and concentrate 100%, I believe and I've done it that you will get the result 100%. Absolutely. Uh, well, the proof, uh, as they say, the proof is in the pudding. You and, and Jahangir had this uh, an incredible, incredible run, uh, some great squash uh, over those years, and you inspired so many people. I just remember uh, at that camp uh, when I was, I was maybe 16 years old, 15, something like that, but I just remember there were kids from all over the world. Uh, one guy I, I became uh, sort of li- uh, friends with was... Um, uh, the the pop singer, uh, his son was there, Eddie Grant. Yes, 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 that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so remember, that was back when, uh, when Eddie Grant was quite right. popular. Too, yeah. <laughs> the the yes. dancing, what was it? Dan- I forget the, the, he had some good some good songs back in that time. <laughs> exactly, and when uh, actually Eddie, you know, helped us a lot, wherever he had concerts, we would go there, me and Jahangir, Obviously, in the club, squash club, we used to play squash and do clinics, and Eddie used to come and join us. But when he had concert, we used to go there and we used to tell the people, today he played with a great champion and his coach and fantastic. So that was a very, very good promotion for the squash. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, as you know, in Toronto, we used to go to hockey matches, you know, with our, our manager at that time, Ron Morton, who passed away now. You know, he helped us quite a lot with promoting the game. So taking the champion to these kind of uh, events, uh, this gave a lot of publicity to squash. And as you know, Jahangir became really too big for squash itself. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it must have been incredible to hear uh, uh, Eddie Grant uh, say that to the to the thousands that would come to watch his concerts just to promote uh, promote Jahangir and appreciate yeah. uh, just having spent time with him on court. Uh, because it was uh, an amazing experience for me. I, I think I got I got the hit with him once uh, while I was at the camp, and with you, we, I was on the court with you. Max Withers, of course, was there, and several others, uh, which was a lot of fun. Now, um, now let's get a little bit into uh, your playing career, if you don't mind. You uh, you had reached uh, bef- before, obviously, becoming famous to coach. Uh, by coaching Jahangir, you'd reached a very high level yourself, uh, getting up to number 12 in the world, which is a, an accomplishment in and of itself. So uh, for you, what were, uh, what were your playing days uh, like back in the day? I know you sort of succumbed to injury there at the end, but uh, you obviously played a, a very, very uh, high level of squash. Yeah, I was actually a tennis player. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, living in Pakistan, but then we were, uh, we joined uh, my father, Nasrullah, who coached Jonah Barrington. When Jonah came in 1970 to Pakistan, then we traveled with him together, my, myself and my brother. My brother, was Amanullah Khan, was a tennis uh, player and played Davis Cup for Pakistan. I was national junior champion for Pakistan. Okay. So suddenly switching from tennis to squash, actually, uh, I would say thanks to Jonah who actually pushed us to do that. He said, no, because you have to, this is your family game and you have to continue with this. So we switched to squash and first year obviously was very tough, uh, difficult, you know, but with the good coaching of my father and help from Jonah, obviously, uh, we really, I really succeeded well. And I won the West of England, which was a very good thing for me and then went on to obviously play tournaments and then turn professional. So that was my early thing. And then I became pro at Lansdowne Club. When mm-hmm. Jonah was pro and he handed over the uh, job to me, my father has handed over to him. 
and he moved to Birmingham, then Benjana gave it to me. So I was really working. But what I found, uh, Jerry, was that coaching uh, like that, you know, those days, uh, my game was going actually uh, bad, you know. So uh, I had to give up uh, coaching and then join, uh, in those days, the uh, uh, association was formed, ISPA. And it, the right. first meeting was actually in my club, Landstone Club, where all the pros came. And that was a good start for the today it's PSA, uh, but in those days, International Squash Player Association. And then later I became um, actually uh, ranked 12. Also, I was uh, you know, vice chairman of the association as well. I was in the ruling committee and disciplinary committee. So all these uh, good memories really and helped me uh, to succeed and go around the world you know, with squash. Right on. And uh, I guess towards the end of it, uh, like many squash players, uh, you know how hard it can be on your body. It sort of took its toll on you. And that was uh, ultimately uh, with the uh, establishing your relationship with Jahangir and coming towards the end of your career that uh, uh, led you to uh, taking on uh, full-time coaching duties. Yeah, that's right. And as I said, you see, uh, obviously we were playing, working here and there, but... Uh, the unfortunate uh, uh, incident which happened, Torsum, who was my cousin, first cousin, uh, he was Roshan Khan's son, and Roshan was younger brother to my father, Nasrullah, and Nasrullah also coached uh, Roshan. But uh, Torsum, who, who actually was coaching Jahangir in those days, he coached Jahangir for about uh, five, six months, and he died. Uh, when he died, obviously, before that, we had planned to coach Jahangir together, no, Sorry, uh, Ramit, uh, Torsum, uh, Torsum died uh, uh, on the squash court, didn't he? That's right, in Australia. Mm -hmm. So actually the plan was that he's a younger player in, in our family who is talented and who wants to do, and we can actually put in proper time on him. We can really create something. But at the same time, we needed a place for ourselves, our own club where we can train, nobody can stop you, don't have to book the course, all these things, you know, is involved when you're training somebody full time. So we were interested in Dunning's Mills and uh, I didn't go for Australian circuit with uh, uh, Torsum. Instead, I was trying to get the finance done with my bank. So from 25th of December uh, in 79, we could take over the club. So I said to Torsum, you go and I will join you in Singapore instead to finish my work here with the financing. Torsum went and unfortunately, before he went, he left Jangir with me to practice and to train with me. And Jangir was there with me when actually I had a call from uh, Australia uh, that Torsum had an accident and this is what has happened. So it was very unfortunate, big blow to our self-related family. Mm. And then... On from there, really, then Uncle Russian, you know, I gave my services. They said, I will do what Torsum wanted to do. I will still continue. And Uncle Russian agreed with me. And he said, yeah, okay, you can take Jahangir. But obviously, concentrating on Jahangir, I could not concentrate on my own game. So I had to give up, really. I had to give up my career and actually concentrated 100% on Jahangir. And well, the just going uh... at that time was, yeah. Yeah, sorry, just just going sorry. back to uh, the unfortunate uh, passing of Torsum. Uh, I guess uh, at that time, uh, one of the uh, it's rumored that uh, Jahangir was thinking of uh, giving up the game. Yes, uh, it, I mean he his father said, "I don't want to lose my other son 
we will not play squash, but I had to go through hard work, really, with the family, with Uncle Russian, to persuade him, look. And then I said, okay, let's do this. Why don't we make Jahangir, you know, uh, succeed, and we do it for Torsham. His, you know, soul will be very happy. So somehow, whatever I could put things together to persuade Uncle, to motivate Jahangir, I did that, and that worked. Jahangir used to cry first three months. You know, he wouldn't, didn't want to play squash. He was, he was living with me in Wembley. And when I go to his room later, before I go to bed, I see he's still not sleeping and crying. So then one day I put Torsham's picture on the side, on the bedside cabinet, and said, look, Torsham wanted you to be world champion. You want to be world champion. I want you to be world champion. Your father wants to be world champion. Let's do all these things together for Torsham. So I said, at motivation, I said, instead of crying, get up now, boy. Let's work. So that worked very well, as I said. And that was, that was, that was tremendous, uh, turned out to be tremendous fuel uh, for Jahangir, didn't it? Exactly, exactly. And you need something, to be honest, everybody needs something in life to be motivated. Just becoming world champion is not the thing. To achieve anything in life, you have to be motivated. That's the first lesson, right? That you have to be motivated. And if you're motivated, then you are prepared to do all these hard work sessions every day. Mm. Your, uh, you know, achievement is not just one world championship. Every day you're getting up, you're doing that training, you know, hard work, six to seven hours a day, you know, it's a full-time job. And who's going to do that after getting tired the next day? Yeah, so you have to be motivated for the next day. So that is the coach, uh, you know, point of view that he should know how to motivate a person. He should know how to tell him the technically, tactically the right things to do. Right. Make sure that injuries does not occur because if you're taking your body through all that hard work, it's human body. Anything could happen. So uh, I would say, Alhamdulillah, thank God that whatever we did, you know, was doing well, correctly, and uh, you know, we we just sailed through that. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, yes. And um, now, obviously, uh, you, I mean, you have a very strong connection with the family, but. Uh, at the same time, there were several very good con squash players and coaches uh, overseas. And uh, I'm just wondering, uh, besides the family uh, connection, what did the family, what did Jahangir's father uh, see in you to, so that they trusted you to go forward with, with Jahangir at that critical time? I think it was the commitment because people do things, you know, but the commitment has to be there. And I was fully committed, and obviously he trusted in me, and he knew my abilities, he knew I, what I've learned from Nasrullah, my father, what I've seen, my uncle and others. So after speaking to him, he said, okay, and as I said, this was not just that, that I knew exactly, I was also learning with Jahangir. But thank God that, uh, you know, on the way, I learned so many things as a coach, Jahangir learned so many things as a player, and we both learned so many things as a team, mm. right? So everything was learning, learning, learning. But one thing, Jerry, if your intentions are clear, and if they're good intention, then God helps you. Yeah. So I would thank God, you know, all the credit of my achievement in Jahangir, I think, goes to Allah, to God, who put us on the right path, who made us see the things properly. And a lot of things I said I had to kept keep away Jahangir from things, uh, as I said, the fruits of this life, because he was very young, he was only 15. So 
on the court, off the court, alhamdulillah, whatever I did, it was working. It was working. And it was something, you know, you learn, as I said, every day you achieve something and then you say, yeah, what I did, that experience was correct. If we had, if we had gone wrong, then we would have said, yeah, that was wrong. And you can go wrong in your life sometimes, but if your achievement, your, you know, intentions are right, God put you in the right path. So I thank God, as I said, that everything I did, he actually gave me motivation as well to motivate Jahangir because it was a very tough time for us because there were lots of criticism comes and he did not win straight away. He was losing in the beginning, first year, he was losing to a lot of people. And a lot of people are talking, as I said, they do talk, you know, they give their own opinion. So some people were saying they're wasting time. Some people were saying, oh, it's nothing going to happen. Some people were saying, oh, yeah, he might come on the scene, but it will take at least five years. And I'm talking about top players, something yeah. like this. Hmm. So that can actually, you know, finish your motivation. That can actually, you know, make you uh, frustrated. What is happening? But I said, my intention was correct. I committed myself. I also committed myself to Pakistan because Noor Khan, who was the, at that time, chairman of Hockey Pakistan, and he did so much for squash and promoted squash all over the world from PIA. He actually took me and Uncle Roshan in his office and he said, look, okay, Roshan, if you want Jahangir to go with Ramat, fine. But Ramat, we know that he's talented. If you don't show the result <laughs> in three years, at least you have to answer the nation. So Jerry, you can understand answering the nation. I did not say anything. I should have really said, okay, if I show the uh, you know, result, what will I get for that, as people do? But I yeah. didn't, because I didn't know what I'm putting this step into, you know. But one thing I knew, that I believe in God, that he will help me. My intention was clear. And I said, okay, I'll show the result. And alhamdulillah, exactly in two years, on the day of Thorson died, 28th of November, Jahangir became the world champion in, in uh, Canada. Awesome. Winning the beating hunt in the final. Well, I've got chills going through me right now, uh, Ramit. That's an incredible story. Now, uh, Jahangir, uh, obviously, uh, you mentioned his slow start, and uh, I could be wrong here, but um, he had some health issues when he was young, I guess quite young, uh, hernia issues. He had, had some surgeries and things like that. So how, um, uh, just to before we start talking a little more about Jahangir, uh, how were those? Uh, how did those early health issues impact Jahangir's uh, maturity uh, early on as a as a player? As you say, yeah, he was really ill. He had a hernia operation twice, and the doctor actually did not allow him to go on squash court because squash is a very tough sport. He says, "I know it's your family game," but he told Uncle Russian that he should not play squash, so he was not allowed to go on squash. But Jahangir. Quietly, you know, when father was not there, nobody could, he would go on the court because squash was inside there. You know, he would play against, you know, uh, himself, solo practices and things like that, and slowly, slowly playing others. And one day, father saw him playing, and he said, You are playing good squash. So, and then he encouraged Jahangir, and then Jahangir went on to play, and he played very well in the junior level. And, uh, you know, as I said, and, and as an amateur level, he was not good enough to be in Pakistan team. Hmm. But when he went, he was sent again by Noor Khan uh, to get experience. And you all know that luckily somebody didn't turn up from Nigeria and he got into the uh, championship qualifying round uh, for the individual. 
and he qualified and then he went on to win the championship in age of 15 which was oh, the youngest yeah. ever to win the world amateur yeah and yes as i said yet pakistan did not take him in the team still right yeah he was he wasn't part of the uh, he wasn't even on the, the the national team i guess exactly hmm. that's amazing so we had to call him back you know come back straight away don't play any tournaments because we did not want him to be beaten by somebody and then you know all this glory and things because we wanted to somewhere and Torsen decided to come back so he came straight back to England and we started his training you know Torsen started working on him so as I said this what it was in the beginning when he turned pro then obviously he was you know struggling but then slowly 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 at the end of the year he was showing good results well uh, yeah that's an incredible an incredible start uh to his career and then the rest as we uh, as we all know is history his historic career 10 British Opens world championships fought the 555 match win streak where there there's actually a book out there now about that now what uh, uh, rather than going into all of that which is well storied anyways um what I'd like to know is uh and this comes from you obviously uh how he was able to sustain uh winning for so long and how you as a coach were able to keep him motivated during you know what would have been the highest of the highs uh in terms of his you know how how he felt about himself yeah. uh that must have been a challenge for you and for him yeah obviously as i said the first motivation was you know that he becomes a world champion uh to do things for his brother he became world champion now what was the second thing so i really uh, when he played Uh, Jeff Hunt in the British Open and he lost the last time when Jeff won the British Open in 81 I said uh, really Jahangir you know he has won eight times and our family like Hashim uncle had won seven times so as I said you need something to motivate somebody for something so I not started putting that thing in his mind that you should win it at least nine times to beat the record mm, okay and uh, then obviously motivating him again and again every day you know keeping him focused uh, like a horse with the blinkers doesn't see anything else but yeah. just the target where he's to reach as i said there lots of things you know went through and uh, as i said i was learning myself you know uh, through this that what can motivate a player and it was a good test for myself but alhamdulillah went on and then as i said obviously then he started winning and he did not lose for 555 matches and unfortunately i would say or fortunately you can call it from the promotion point of view i was not with him in toulouse my wife was pregnant so i said uh, jangir if she delivers the baby i will come and join you for the final i never thought or maybe he never thought you know that he's going to lose but he lost when he <laughs> lost that was a, such a big thing Jerry for a squash because my god all over the world and that that was to uh, every, Ross Norman right that's right yeah. yeah in every radio and every tv shows he was right in the main stream you know he was uh, like bbc was saying uh, president reagan did this and jangir khan king of the squash loses his crown so <laughs> that was very very good for a squash absolutely how did uh, well, i'm just wondering you know, how how did jahangir react to having lost that that streak yes at the yes. time obviously i mean when you lose something like that you know you think the world is finished but no then my second phase was started how i'm going to motivate him now 
when mm. somebody's down, how to put, put him back. So I actually help him with that, motivate him again, that winning, losing is life, you know. You've been beating everybody, right? So what if you lost? But let's see if you can now retain again and you step, haven't lost the uh, British Open yet. So all these things, you know, and then next week, there was a championship in, I think, um, Switzerland, and I went with him, and he beat Ross Norman there. So he was again there. But as I said, being at the top there, everybody's out there to beat you. Everybody's trying to make tactics and yeah. whatever they can, you know, uh, to beat him. So it's, it's very interesting, but very tough. Because sustaining there, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to be there, and it's, it's, it's really harder to stay there. So, but as, as I said, that's where I think I helped him, with, you know, day to day, you know, motivating him, training. And I told him, you're not alone. I'm with you. If you win, we both win. If you lose, we both lose. So don't feel that you're on your own. And the main thing, which I actually try to keep him, uh, as I said, away from a lot of distractions at times. Hmm. Don't forget, he was very young, about 17, 18 years old. And a lot of people... You know, try to take his you know, concentration away, to telling, giving things, ideas, you know, here and there, which will destroy his uh, physical, you know, strength and his mental strength. But I had to keep them away from him. Unfortunately, you know, people didn't like that. And people started hating Ramat. Nobody would like <laughs> yeah. to hate the world champion because they like to rub their shoulders with the world champion, whether they think uh, really, you know, against him. But they could, you know, show their anger and their hate against me. But that made me even more stronger, really. Well, I guess to do that, well. um, that, I mean, that, that speaks to uh, the family's decision to, when, when they chose you to guide uh, Jahangir at the time, uh, because obviously yes. uh, they, they trusted you. And, uh, and that, uh, I guess that's one of the reasons why you, you didn't, uh, you didn't, you didn't give in to those, uh, you know, the, under those circumstances. Yes, and I tell you, when Nur Khan was telling me this and Russian, there was nobody else, right? So, but it was not filmed that time. But when we won the world championship, and I told Nur Khan, look, I fulfilled the promise I had with you, you know, and he was so happy. Mm. So that time, one of my friends, Stuart Sharp, who I was coaching, and you know, that's another big story, and how he started filming us. He said to Nur Khan, I would like to have that scene on video. So do you mind creating that again? Nuhan said no, because this is the truth. Come. So we all went again in the office and it was done acted the same way again. <laughs> he's telling me all these things and it's on the film. So which is a very good thing. And then Stuart was with us all the time. He has so much, you know, so many hours in the film videoed us and he was the first player I think who was videoed so much like that. Well, there's so the much, board, uh, the there's so much great, I mean, not, I shouldn't say so much, but the footage of Jahangir that is out there is absolutely incredible. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the stuff of him in the tournaments, but I think my favorite uh, footage is the training footage of you guys in, in the mountains. Uh, I'm not sure where, is it, if it's in Pakistan. Pakistan. Or, yeah. Yes. I mean, that, yes. that, I mean, that kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, you see everybody now, they're a, a, a very, very fit and strong. Don't get me wrong. Uh, probably, uh, it's just incredible what they can do nowadays. But uh, it, it doesn't compare to being out there in the elements and doing what Jahangir was doing. Uh, uh, those those runs in, in the mountains at altitude. <laughs> yes, exactly. And as I said, you see, because I knew 
Barrington had started this running in Kenya, you know, yeah. on altitude, right? Yeah. Uh, and then Jeff followed that. And I actually was training Jahangir in, in England, not in Pakistan. But then I thought, you know, it might come in his mind sometime that Jeff is doing altitude training. So I had to take him somewhere and we couldn't find better place than Pakistan. You know, it's a beautiful place in Pakistan. Oh, yeah. Believe me, Jerry, whenever you have time, hopefully one day we can together go to north of Pakistan and you will be amazed. Oh, there I would love that. There is such a beauty there. Yeah. Yeah, really. I would love so that. It was fantastic, you know. And Pakistan Air Force has helped us, you know, with all the expenses and taking us there into the mountain. And the training was fantastic. But these are the things which we did. And actually, this is in kind of a, you know, showing the path to the, to the other players. What you can do to achieve things. Yeah, the hard work. Uh, hello? Yeah, yeah, hello. Yeah, the hard work can definitely, uh, definitely pay off. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, yes. Now, one thing uh, that really amazed me during uh, JK's incredible run as well was that uh, now seemingly he remained uh, injury free. Now, obviously, uh, he uh, there were injuries or little little niggles here and there, but uh, and in the modern game, uh, you you rarely hear of this. I think maybe Nicole David might be the one exception. I, I don't recall her ever being a uh, or you know ever missing an, an event due to injury. Uh, so was it a, a fact that he was net was that he was injury free or? Just the, basically, we, we didn't hear much about uh, any injuries. Yeah, he was injury-free, injury definitely, because I had people, you know, experts on human body. Uh, Ronnie Lawson, I will take the name, you know. Uh, he was black belt, and he was also, you know, doing things with the sports people. And he was actually guiding us a lot. Mm. But the best thing, as I said, you see, is the exercising, in a way, that you don't put load on your muscles in a way that it injures, you know. Okay. Well, you, you used to finish each uh, each of your train your your create your very difficult training sessions with a swim, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So swimming was part of it. You know, relaxing. You know, is very important. As I said, stretching is very important. Okay. And uh, people, you know, a lot of people after they're playing and they sit in the wet clothes, that is very dangerous. You mm. must change your clothes quickly and stay sit in a dry clothes because these things, you know, actually deal with, with your muscles and they can be stiff. And when on, and also warming up exercises. Mm -hmm. To be honest, Jerry, people I've seen to go on the court, a lot of top players even, you know, they go on the court sometimes and they start hitting that ball like bullet, you know. But that <laughs> is not right because the muscle yeah. is not really, maybe you have done stretching, maybe, you know, or if you haven't done stretching, you are putting yourself in danger, really. So warming up exercises was very important. And Jahangir's warming was taking that time about 40 to 45 minutes. Yeah. yeah. There know, are... Hashim Khan used to yeah, Hashim Khan used to warm up before and play best of three games before his match. Yeah. yeah. Hashim was, was a great one, wasn't he? Exactly. So warming up is very important. And also cooling down is very important. Yeah. Well, that thing about not sitting around with your, you know, in your sweaty, uh, sweaty clothes for too long. Uh, that, that's probably something that's right. a lot of us uh, exactly. know, normal guys should. should exactly. Do. Yeah. Now, in terms of. And, uh, and obviously, sleeping yeah. is very important, you know, uh, early on time to sleep and get up early in the morning. We used to get up quite early in the morning before the sunrise. Mm -hmm. And after, you know, he was with me, but after his dinner, let it relax. 
and then he used to go i you know to his room okay jangir you go sleep i'll be with my uh, you know friends or whatever but he will go and sleep so for a sportsman i think sleeping diet good food especially breakfast because i've seen a lot of kids you know they don't eat very well in the morning breakfast i can't eat but that's not the point it's like a medicine you have to take no matter whether it's good or bad or what you know you, your breakfast is the main meal for your sports yeah and then as i said you know yeah then your training yeah training gives you the confidence training tells you what you are you must know by training your ability you must know by training your endurance your fitness your mental uh, strength you know all these comes and then tactically and then will to win a match will to do the training and the main thing which i found about jahangir is whenever i said anything to him to go do that on the court he had the ability and he was determined that he will do that he did not change the technique the tactics there you know because a lot of people you talk to them to go on the court do this and they go on the court and they're doing something else so they mm-hmm. fail themselves and they fail the coach yeah right Now, so the tactics which are decided you know strategy which is decided off the court between you and your coach now go and do that practically then you will see the result yeah so stick to the game plan and uh don't waver from it basically exactly and one other thing i really loved about jahangir that uh, in uh, i think in 90s there was an award given to jahangir by pakistan uh, television uh, player uh, champion of the millennium no player of the millennium award he had from all you know out of all the sports people and there was a big event in pakistan karachi and a lot of players were invited <clears throat> Ditmar and all Jeffers and his video and Hashim Khan and Roshan and Azam and myself. Everybody was there. I was in India that time. I was invited there. And the, the keeper, I think there was an announcer from cricketer, cricket, you know, and he was asking everybody, Hashim, everybody about Jangir. They were telling whatever they thought of Jangir. At the end, he invited me and he said, Ramat, you are his coach and mentor. Any one thing about Jangir you liked? So my answer was yes. The one thing which I really liked about him was whenever I trained him, no matter how hard I pushed him, he did. And at the end, I asked him, Jahangir, enough? He never said to me, enough or not enough. He would, with his hand, you know, weighing, saying, it's your choice, what do you want? So awesome. sometimes I used to say, okay, we'll finish it. Sometimes on purpose, I used to say, if I keep doing it every time, he so I used to say, okay, let's do a little bit more. But the so coach, how, in, under those is, circumstances, sorry, Ramit, but under those uh, yeah. circumstances, when would you know that it was enough? I would know, of course, because I'm, I'm treating the patient, right? So I know how many doses should I give him or whatever. <laughs> but mentally, mentally, I have to treat him as well. So he has the self-confidence and he should know that, you know, the, sometime you think that you're going to finish the match now, the last rally and all this and then suddenly you play a winning shot and it's retrieved it's returned and then you're disappointed right or if you're not ready for it and then suddenly if you find oh the guy is from and you lose no so same thing in the training if you think that's enough and suddenly somebody who is you know fitter than you are or continues or in a race what will you do so i wanted to give him that experience that when you think it's enough it's not enough Hmm. So he will have to be ready all the time for that 
last point to be retrieved by your opponent, not finished. Absolutely. Yeah. That, I mean, that, yeah, that, that's the way we should uh, get onto the court and play the game. You know, the game, the, the rally's yep. not over until, uh, until it's over. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and so technically, if you're talking technically, Jerry, a lot of people, when they go for their winner, I know they should have confidence that it will be a winner. But the problem is a lot of players just go for a winner because they don't, they, they think this is the last shot, I'll finish it. Or maybe they're tired, they want to finish it. And the result comes, they hit the tin. Right? But if you yep. play a shot, with thinking that I'm going to play a tight shot, but if it's returned, I'm ready for it again. Absolutely, yeah. I put the, yeah, I put the ball in one corner. If he returns, I've got three other corners to put him again. Yeah. If he returns two more shots, I'm ready for 20 shots to be returned. If you have that kind of attitude, then, you know, you're right there. Otherwise, if you say, oh, the last shot, that's it, I can't play anymore, right? Or this will be, he will not return it, and it's returned, then you are, you know, bluffed. Yeah, I'm coaching a, a young, a very, pretty good young junior uh, these days, and that's one of the things that I'm trying, I'm sort of struggling uh, with him, is, is uh, he likes to go for winners, and it, just, it always seems, like you said, that that shot, it's either a kill or be killed, basically. And I'm trying to get right, exactly. him out of that, uh, that mentality. So I think I'll, you know, I'll go with what you were saying and try to impress upon yeah. him that uh, the, after you shoot for that winner, great, but make sure you're ready, to, uh, ready, exactly. for that next, yes. ready for that ball to come back regardless. That, that's right. And if that's the attitude, then you're ready for any danger, you know, anything really. Yeah. Now, uh, another thing that really amazed me uh, during JK's incredible run was uh, his seamless, uh, seemingly uh, seamless transition or foray into the North American hardball scene. And uh, during that time, it, it was really well televised, uh, obviously, in, in Canada, the Menning Cup and, and things like that. Very successful. Uh, was this uh, an easy transition for Jahangir? And, and what amazed me about JK and uh, it was his sort of seamless uh, foray into the North American hardball scene, scene and how extremely uh, successful he was. Now, I'm just wondering, was this uh, something that he looked forward to or was, uh, or was it something that sort of, you know, just because the, the scene was relatively successful and there was a bit of money uh, that that was something that uh, he thought he ought to uh, get into as well. Yeah, obviously, uh, Jerry, you know, every professional, once you are working hard so much, then obviously this is your income as well, and you want to build it up as much as you can. So by talking to my manager and thinking about it, so I thought, yes, if he comes to play hardball, then it will open another, uh, you know, area for him to make money. And uh, it was not easy the first year, you know, he came and he lost to different players. But we, uh, to be honest, did not have any hard balls to practice with. So I took some hard balls from here. Uh, and I was actually giving clinics in different uh, cities. I was talking. I said, next year we'll come and we'll teach you how to play. Obviously, that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was trying to promote the game and promote him, you know. Yeah. So everybody would laugh. And, but deep down, I meant, if we are coming next year, then we should come to win. Yeah, yeah. And I saw the I, I saw the tactics of what they were doing, all these things, different angles, you know, speed, different all. So when we came back, there was a court in RSC Club in London, uh, hardball court. Okay. So we went there and practiced little. And I said, look, what they are doing, let them do. 
don't do what they are doing let's do something different mm. so to be honest with you with a little different tactics more on uh, endurance and fitness which he had i said you know in this game there there is no long rallies or anything they quickly angle shots and this i said let's do that keep the ball tight to the side where they can't play angle if they do try to play angle then you can go and drop it there you know and or whatever angle it and as i said that worked very well and yeah, he started beating everybody you know yeah there were some great players back and that, that was a really sort of an eclectic group a, a collection of uh, of people i mean you had guys like uh, the desonier brothers mark talbot exactly. and and the the yes. great one uh, sharif khan <laughs> sharif khan yes exactly so yeah. to be honest you see that worked and i said you know once he started winning his uh, uh, endorsements was you know doubled and as you all know it was a very big contract with power shoes Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Where Power Mr. Bata, we met him in Toronto, and he said we're going to make Jahangir the flag carrier. And they had big, big champions, you know, from hockey, from different sports. But they put Jahangir in the front. Well, that that put and Power they, Shoes uh, global, didn't it? Exactly, and yeah. they had about uh, I think twenty uh, by ten billboards all over Toronto, you know, freeways. and like they made a poster of uh, Genghis Khan Jangir you know in costume of Genghis Khan Ms. well back Ms. back in the back in the day i mean uh, that those yeah. matches uh, those tournaments were televised on uh, on our biggest t- tv networks the cbc i, I believe uh, cbc sports i mean we don't really we don't get that nowadays <laughs> yeah and then and then cbc you know made a documentary on us and uh, when i was giving interview in an jahangir the uh, anchor said uh, we started talking like we have talked about eddie grant i said eddie grant is friend of mine he said how good is he your friend i said he's very good friend he said can he sing a song for jahangir's uh, uh, documentary so i went quiet a little bit and then i had the confidence in eddie because he's such a nice person you know yeah i said yeah so he said he put the video in front of me he said sorry telephone and he said call him now where is he i said he's in barbados so i gave him a call i gave him a call i spoke to eddie eddie was making an album that time and he has his own studio in barbados and a lot of people go there top singers you know and they use that too. so when i spoke to eddie eddie said okay i'm doing my album but anything for you ram don't worry <laughs> <laughs> awesome. and he said he said let me speak to the producer and he said okay how quick can you send the tape he said oh i will send it today he said okay do that and he sent the tape and believe me in 10 days eddie grant put his own word he wrote the song he sang the song and he sent it that was a saying you know put into that documentary oh, that's amazing really so you know and he did not charge a single penny for it yeah yeah right? well, that, that's great and uh, yeah i do remember i think in one of his um, one of his music videos it actually shows uh, eddie uh, playing squash and i forget which right forget which song right. maybe electric avenue or something one of those yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. But, yeah and and i said one once we were in toronto uh, jerry and uh, thompson twins were very famous in those days oh so, i remember them yeah they're great yeah and they were in new york when they mm-hmm. found out that jahangir is in toronto they you know their manager uh, actually requested can we play squash with jahangir the manager said yeah you can so they said okay oh, we flying and they flew early in the morning from new york to toronto and me and jangir joined them and we played squash all day and at the end <laughs> one of them had a bad wrist 
not okay. because, just because playing too much never and then they gave us their you know platinum record you know in yeah. frames it was fantastic so yeah. as i said a lot of these things like that with jahangir you know which actually motivates you more and more and as i, as I said then and north american here you know hardball put his name really up his endorsements were you know on top so so, so that company. decision to play on the hardball uh, seemed definitely uh, uh, paid off didn't it exactly and you would be surprised if i tell you something <laughs> <laughs> i then after that as i said i'm a man who wants to see who wants to create something really understand you know and working with jangir creation has given me so much confidence in my life so i said right now let's take take another step and believe me in those days jangir used to play hardball and uh, softball the main thing was that he uh, we didn't care much about the world championship but the british open i wanted really him to make a record in british open so i said ten, british ten open times, yeah. and world championship yeah he will play two tournaments only rest of the time he will work on tennis and i nearly put you know if i had found a uh, sponsor that time we would have gone through with this i said one year with a you know sponsor paying him all that money which he's making from squash because he's not playing tournament anymore but he will practice tennis i was a tennis player so i knew that he could do well in tennis he had the fitness little control with that you know any ball you know football or tennis ball or hard ball or soft ball we know how to you know <laughs> deal with that yeah, yeah. and i said if he if i see that he will challenge never at lowa <laughs> okay <laughs> believe me and but unfortunately i could not to be honest find a sponsor who will say okay because maybe the sponsor probably didn't have the but that would have given so much publicity to squash and obviously you never know oh yeah we didn't never to love and tennis <laughs> yeah that would have been like the uh, 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 like what was it billy jean king and uh, billy jean king exactly she, she played yeah. the, i forget the guy's name and uh, but this That's would have right. been a, the the man against the woman and squash yeah and i think that would have the world would have seen the watch that you know Well, that's definitely that. that that's great. Uh, back in those days, uh, and also Jahangir was just uh, uh, just such a uh, well, like such a likable, well mannered, yes, good guy, yes. and yes. Uh, the greatest person. I mean, always loved watching him play. Uh, just exactly. such a. Exactly. I mean, he didn't he didn't say much, but his racket was speaking. Absolutely. And the main thing is, I see, you see, he was nice and clean, good player, respecting others, you know. Yeah. And hard worker, so people, and he was very hard worker. Said, example, example for the kids, you know. Now, you know? now, then, uh, I, I think things. Uh, obviously, you, you talk about squash rivalries, and uh, Jancher Khan comes along, and I, I would say, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm, I like the nickel power rivalry as well, but the Jancher Jancher yeah. rivalry. Uh, I would say yeah. it's the greatest rivalry the game's ever seen and produced some incredible squash two different players two different personalities um yep. now I'd just like to know uh how did uh, the emergence of Jancher affect uh, the dynamics uh, of uh, of Jahangir's game and your relationship with him obviously you know with Jancher came uh, his brother uh, Muhibullah Khan you know I will not mention much but he but he sent me a message through his manager uh john timperley an englishman and john came to see and he said look mahibullah wishes that if you can take john share under your wing i said john i will because obviously i can see him you know coming up on the scene very well i can take him but i have uh, actually i want jahangir to create a record in british open 
if he plays Jahangir, then to be honest with you, I will be in Jahangir's corner, not on John Shear's corner. Mm -hmm. And in those days, a lot of players like Gamal Awad and a lot of other players, they wanted to come under my wing. But I told them, I said, yeah, I'll work with you. But to be honest with you, when you're coming against Jahangir, then I'm in Jahangir's corner. So a lot right. of players, you will be appreciated. You know? So John Timberley said to me, you're very honest by saying, I said, yeah. But I said, if you want him to improve, then take him out from Pakistan, bring him to England, like Jahangir is living with me. He should really, he said, who should we send him to? You know, where will he go? I said, look, Yasin is here. He's experienced. He can live with him. He has his own food, his own people, because he can't speak much English. So you also need these kind of things. So one does not get bored. Mm -hmm. So I think they took that decision. That's what they did. And then John said, went along and he created, you know, good record. But yep. then on the way, obviously, Jahangir was growing now. Jahangir has commitments here and there. And I found that Jahangir, you know, was lacking little discipline, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe, maybe he thought he can do it himself now. And every player does that. When he goes all these things and when he becomes a champion, they all think they can do things by themselves. So I think if you feel like this, and as I said, when I felt like this, I said, okay. You are a grown-up person. And I, I spoke to his father as well. I said, he's a grown-up person. Let him do what he wants to do. Russian did like that, but I left him for a little while. And about six months, I was there for his matches, but I did not really train him much as much as I would want him, you know. So he was, you know, going around here and there and doing things his own way. But right. what I, guess, I guess not having, uh, not having you there in his ear just to sort of... That, that exactly. having that person there to, to push him, you know, to push maybe. him, yeah. So he was yeah. playing tournaments, no doubt, but he was not preparing himself for those tournaments properly. Mm. So, what happened? You know, he lost, and then he lost to John Shear nine times, and that was alarming. Now, everybody knows, now everybody started talking in Pakistan and everywhere that oh, the Lion King is now too old to come back. And this and that. And Jahangir won, uh, lost matches from match ball, beating Jahangir nearly three straight. But once you got tired, that's it. So this is what it is. Once you get tired or battle finish, the car will stop. Yeah. So then Uncle Roshan called me because the, the World Championship was coming again. And then the uh, British Open was coming. So he called me to Pakistan. I went and I said, yes, Uncle. He said, look, this is not good what, he's, what is happening. What is going to happen? The record of British Open and this. I said, look, he is grown up person now, uncle. I cannot really push him against his wish. If he wants to train, call him. We'll speak to him. But he has to ask me. So meeting was done by three of us. And I said, Jangi, do you want to train? So now I think maybe he realized himself and everybody does in life that he cannot do it by himself. Yeah. So he said, yes, I like to train. I said, Jangir, I'll give you two more days. Think about it. And then he came back after two days. He said, he said, yes, I want to train. So I took him back. I said to uncle, okay. I said, you know, I brought him back to Wembley. And he used to live with me. Now he was living on his own. He had bought a flat in uh, uh, London, you know. So I said to him, okay, I'll see you tomorrow, nine o'clock in the morning at Wembley. I said, okay. So I came. And he was not there. He came half hour late. <laughs> okay, we did a training session. And then I said, okay, Jangi, tomorrow we'll see you at the same time. He said, okay. I came the next day. I was living in uh, Rickmansworth. I drove to Wembley. He came from London. But he was again half hour late. 
So for a good coach and a person who has experience knows that the player has lost the discipline. Now that the discipline was not there, so obviously he was getting late. And I didn't know what he was doing, where he was going, whether he's sleeping well or not. Mm-hmm. That was my thoughts. Were. So I said, okay, Jahangir, I didn't say anything to him. I said, Jahangir, tomorrow book the plane. We both were working for PIA that time as well, sponsored by PIA. I said, tomorrow book the seat and we are going to Karachi. And it was the month of Ramadan, which Jerry, you know, we fast and I fast yeah. as well. And Karachi, very hot. Mm-hmm. But I said, if I'm going to do something, I have to catch him now because the world championship was coming very soon. So he did not ask me anything. I think he didn't have the guts to ask me really, why are you taking me to Karachi? Right. You know, why not here? Because in this Wembley, we are praying or, and we flew there. But I wanted to take him away from all those destructions probably he was having in London. So we came to Karachi. And in the month of Ramadan, he obviously did not fast because it would be very difficult for him. But I was fasting. It was very tough for me. But I went through, I took, because he did not have to learn technically how to play the ball or what to do. He knew everything. I just had to take him again and push him with the same kind of drill. And he needed to get that hunger back. Exactly. Yeah. So I motivated him again and this and that all and worked hard. You know, there were lots of press there. They used to come and watch and all these things. So these things helps you more to be motivated. But one month hard training and I was happy. I could see that he is back now. Right? Yeah. And I brought him back. He played, I think, one tournament or something. But when he, when he went to play the world championship, by then, as I said, okay, Jahangir, before he was you know, playing the final with uh, Jansher, I said, Jahangir, are you fit? I knew he was fit. But I wanted, wanted to listen from the horse's mouth. He said, yes, I'm fit. I said, if you are fit, then please give the taste of old Jahangir to Janshir. What I meant was, don't play short game. Right? Yeah. He went on the court and as you all know, under seven minutes rally, first rally which ended on the let, I think that had decided who is going to win. Yeah. Janshir did not expect John Shed maybe thought in between the rallies that, oh, the rally is getting longer. He's going to get tired now, now, now. But he didn't realize that he will get tired because nobody has given that long rally to John Shed. And John yeah. Shed was finished and Jangir won three straight. Yeah. And then he went on to win, I think, three more British Opens. Incredible. That, so that, that first rally you said was seven minutes? Yes, almost seven minutes, just yeah. under seven minutes. Yeah. You yeah. see, I mean, you see long rallies nowadays. I guess the, the pace is quite a bit different, but. Uh, I guess at that time, uh, uh, Jahangir just wanted to send a message right from, from the first serve. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. as I said, you know, John Shea probably thought, you no, know, he, he's just a little uh, jackal or something. But suddenly, after almost seven minutes rally, he realized he's not a jackal. He's the old lion who is back now, who tiger, you know. Yeah. So this yeah. is what it, where you have to, you know, with your training, what you learn is to show that to your opponent, that confidence, that strength of yours. You have to show them with these rallies, with this speed, you know, or whatever you have, strength. You have to show to your opponent. So then opponent gets, you know, under pressure and you break him. Well, uh, Rama, we, I mean, I, we could talk for, for days and days about, about Jahangir. This is fantastic stuff right. and you've been great with your time. But um, I'd like to uh, fast forward a little bit just to uh, the current um, uh, uh, days of squash now. Now, in terms of uh, 
Pakistani squash. Obviously, uh, the golden years are, are well behind us. Uh, but I do see uh, a, a lot of uh, progress lately. You know, JK's actually gotten involved more recently in some of the events over there and some positive changes. And there's all, they, are, they all seem to be sort of strong juniors in the British juniors and, and the World Junior Championships. But then uh, after that, really nothing to show for it on the PSA. Although uh, Shamjula Khan, I believe his name is, as, uh, is doing quite well. There are a few young Pakistanis uh, that are doing uh, well. But what's your, your take uh, on, on the downturn of Pakistani squash and the current uh, current situation right now. Yeah, Jerry. In two thousand one, I was actually training uh, uh, in India, and I was asked to come there by Jahangir, because there was a new air chief who's the president of uh, squash had come, and he was showing a lot of interest. You know, so Jahangir said he's a very keen person. Please, can you come? You know, so I went there, and he spoke to me, and he said, "We want you to train our teams." I said, "Okay, but you have to give me free hands," and he said, "Yes." So, thanks. He gave me free hand and I saw the peop, uh, boys, you know. So, I said, I'll work with juniors to build them up. Mm -hmm. And I took 11 kids and I worked with them for 18 months, uh, Jerry. And we beat England in Chennai in the World Championship. And we won, took the World Championship, in which Will Strop and Barker and they all were there. So, who, who was on that years. team? Was that uh, As Asim Khan and uh, Mansoor? Mansoor, uh, Zaman. No, Mansoor and uh, Shahid Zaman, they were senior. This I'm talking junior. Okay, okay. So that time was Majid and Khayal and uh, Atlas, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. New kids, they had not won any major tournament for 20 years. Forget about the World Championship. So after 20 years, we won that. And then after two years, we, we had the trophy for two years. We beat Egypt, hmm. you know. Yeah. So uh, as I said, you see, this was... Four years of mine there, I got them 20 gold medals. But then, uh, due, between this time, that uh, Chief uh, Air Marshal uh, Musa Filimir had a crash, he died. And then the politics started again, which you know doesn't let you have free hand and do things. So, so I got fed up. When I got fed up, after winning the second time World Championship beating Egypt, I said, thank you, and I resigned. And I came back. But this is the problem with them. There will always be talent in Pakistan, no doubt about it. Yeah. We won the British Open title all after 21 years. Basit Ashfaq won, Safirullah won under 19. And we have won under 17, under 15, under 13. We all, after 21 years, in my five years in Pakistan. So, you know, as I said, then I've resigned. But still I'm saying the talent in Pakistan and Egypt will always be there. And rest of the world obviously has learned from Pakistanis and from Egyptians. Okay? Mm -hmm. And they did very well. England did very well. You know, uh, Australian did very well. Uh, others. But originally, they learned it from Pakistanis and from Egyptians. So these two countries will always have good talent players. But just talent does not make you world champion. So where, what, what's, uh, what's the missing, what, what's missing then? Because, uh, I mean, even today, the, the Pakistani juniors are, are, are amongst the top in the world. You see it in all age groups. Uh, yeah. So sort of what, what, what's yeah. the problem when, when, they, when they, they just don't get the support they need, I guess, obviously. When exactly. They, to be honest, they, they need somebody, uh, an honest person who doesn't have a stake in anything who actually concentrates him with the proper technique, with the proper tactics and hard work with the discipline 
and making a good program for them. Right? And mm -hmm. discipline is very important. I'm sure if somebody can do that, right, they will still come out, you know, and show, give good results. Well, let's hope so. Uh, inshallah, things will um, improve over the next uh, few years. I mean, uh, you've got, they, they have several uh, professional events over there throughout the year. Yeah, which is uh, good. Yes, as you see, in my time, when I was there five years, we had the richest World Open Championship, richest Pakistan Open Championship, $25,000 every month, $10,000 every So many tournaments. It was a beautiful program we had done. But when I left, then obviously, you know, everything went into pieces here and there, you know. Unfortunately, this is what happens, you know, if you don't have somebody who can guide you the right way and you can discipline you. Discipline comes in everything, on the court or off the court, in offices, yeah. Or on, you know, with the players. That's what I believe, and that's what I proved there. And as I said, I get, got them twenty gold medals in that five years. And yeah, I was. Well, it, uh, it all starts yeah, from the top, given, doesn't it? If you have have exactly. the right people running running the show, then that's going to exactly, trickle yes. down, isn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, you never know if somebody comes like that and who would like, you know, willing to do something properly. And if they come to me, I will consider maybe still because it's as I said, it's uh, it's my country. You know, and I would like to see them doing well. And not just that, but like Noor Khan. Noor Khan has promoted squash so much. The first squash circuit by Barrington with eight players were sponsored by PIA. Hmm. Then PIA had, I think, 14 countries where PIA used to go. We had top 16 players traveling and top class money and everything was given to us, you know. And they did so many things. So I would like to see that they get involved again to promote the game and promote the other countries and other players, which would be good for squash. So PIA is not involved uh, these days? Huh? No, no. Yeah. So yeah, that, have, that, that, that's a link. I'm that, telling you, that, from, Jerry, yep. all the players who have gone to Pakistan, you know, you name it, Will Strop or, you know, Nick, anybody who went there, they loved it because they're very hospitable people. Believe yeah. me. They, give they love their squash, time, don't you know? they? Yeah, exactly. So I would like to see that time comes back and let the world see Pakistan. As I said, if Pakistan can help to promote the game, I would like to be part of it. Now, uh, I'd just like to know, I mean, obviously the modern game uh, is fantastic. It, it's quite a bit different from, you know, when Jahangir was playing, although I, I firmly believe that he'd be the uh, number one player uh, today as well, just with the game that his style kind of, uh, blends into the, the style of today's game, pressure squash, high up-tempo, good attacking squash as well. So I, I think he, he'd fit well in the current uh, climate. Uh, so what are, what are your impressions, though, uh, of the way the game is played today? And do you still follow uh, the professional game? I do, time to time, yes. But as I said, it's all the same court. It's all the same four corners, right? Yep. It depends on the player, really. It, it requires the same fitness, right? Better than mm. your opponent, then you are there. It obviously requires the ball. Today, players play a lot of, I would say, more strokes, right? Yes. But more strokes does not mean that you are just going... For, the more, for more strokes, your strength to be to pick up those strokes. And if, as you said, if Jahangir was here today, he will make the game very simple. Or if Jeff Hunt was here or Barrington, they'll make the game very simple. You do whatever you like, we will retrieve your shots and bury you into back to corners. <laughs> and, test you, yeah, and test you, your fitness, your physical fitness and your mental fitness. Yeah, right? If Absolutely. one of them goes, you're headed. 
and that will tell you what actually squash is. Squash is chess. It's not backgammon to throw dice and say, oh, got six or no got six. No, it's a chess. You have to make a plan and keep them, you know. You have to kill your opponent, not the ball. The ball will die itself. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, couldn't agree more. I think, I think, uh, well, Jansher, Jahangir, the, the guy, uh, the players that you named there as well, they would have, uh, thrived in, in today's game, uh, also. Yeah. Now, uh, do you have, in, uh, in the games that you watch, uh, the matches that you watch, uh, who are the players, uh, that, that impress you the most personally, uh, my personal favorites, uh, on the ladies side, I really enjoy watching Renee Mel Willili. Uh, she's, just got such a fantastic uh, yeah, all-round yeah, game. Exactly. And then yeah, on the men's side, I, I enjoy uh, Kareem Abdul-Gawad. Yeah. Uh, he, um, yeah, he's, 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 he's a good example for people, actually, who do studies and then still can become, you know, because especially for America, they want to do studies, but then once they go into universities or colleges, then squash is finished. Right? Yeah. So, but yeah. it's a good thing that you educate with it yourself and then come. I would like to see a good circuit uh, you know, uh, a circus, I would say, of about dozen players or 10 players going around the world, you know, and promoting the game and doing different things. But these players, I watched them, they're very good players, no doubt. But sitting back on that seat, then, as I said, I start thinking about Jahangir, what Jahangir will do with them. And as I said to you, once I was watching boxing and Tyson, as you know, was threshing everybody, right? And yeah. the commentator said, what will and do with Muhammad Ali if Muhammad Ali was here. Then after all that, you know, they said, if Ali was here, this is their words, if Ali was here, he will be dancing all night long with him and Tyson will not be able to touch him. Exactly. He, he would have done what he did to uh, George Foreman. Exactly, exactly, yeah. you know. A little rope so a dope. what I'm saying. When, when I see these matches, then I start thinking, visualizing Jahangir, what is it? <laughs> I laugh and I said, Jahangir, you know, he would really kill them, to be honest. Yeah. You know, I don't take any credit from these players, but they have not tasted Jahangir or Janshir yet. Let's put it like this. And I think it will be exciting if somebody comes up with that kind of thing and see what happens. Well, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I agree with you for the most part, but I think there's one, one player, unfortunately, he, uh, he's not playing much these days, who, who is an exception to the rule, I think, in Rami Ashur. Uh, injured now, uh, yeah. unfortunately, not playing at all. But uh, he yeah. had, I think, what uh, all the great players had. He just had it. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, unfortunately but, for him, uh, yeah. he's But, but looking at him, really, you know, he gets a lot of injury. And I would say if he was under me, I would make sure that he's physically so fit. So it doesn't matter if he plays one uh, match or 20 matches a year or 555 matches like Jahangir, you know, I will really make him mentally and physically so strong that these things will not make him injured or anything. This is what it is. If the body is not prepared, then you get injuries. Yeah. Yeah. Preparation. He's such is a good player. No doubt about it. Fantastic champion. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. I love to watch him. But physically, I think he should be preparing himself much, much, much more. Yeah, uh, I, I I agree with you there. It seems like uh, you know that that's probably part of it, right? He's not yeah, putting in yeah. the the hard work, although you know we don't know what he's going through in terms of the the hamstring or the knee injuries that he's had. But yeah. I guess that you know part of that is not uh, building up your muscles and, and being prepared uh, for for squash properly. So 
Yeah, and he and he stretches quite a lot as well. You know, he takes long steps because he's tall. Yeah, right. So technically, really stretching all the time, then you are really stretching your muscles. They're not strong; they can snap. Well, uh, Ramit, uh, I really, really, it's, like I said earlier, to honor just to speak with you here on the podcast. I know uh, this is a fantastic uh, episode. I know everyone's going to enjoy it. And I just want to say uh, thank you very much for all the great years of squash with you and Jahangir. And uh, thanks for coming on to the podcast. And uh, I'd love to talk to you again at some point down the road as well. Definitely, Jerry. Thank you very much. And as I said, you see, I love squash. Squash has given me so much. I'd like to put everything back into squash. If I can promote the game, if I can be involved with someone who wants to come on the top, I'm here, right? You can tell them about me. You know, yeah, sure. I'll be there. I've got, uh, yeah, they can contact you uh, via, yes. well, you're, you're on the Facebook and the Twitter. Uh, exactly. So, uh, and I'll be posting uh, this episode up very soon. And people Great. can contact you that way. Thank you so much, Ramit. Uh, an Thank absolute honor to talk long, to you. Long live squash. And I wish every player in the world best of luck. But the one thing I will say, luck doesn't just work. You've got to work with it. So share hard work, train hard, you know, discipline yourself. And good luck. Here, here. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you. Take care. Nice to talk to you. Thank you again, Ramit. That was fantastic. So much there about Jahangir's uh, career and coaching Jahangir, what that was all about, and so much more. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that one like I did. It was really, it was a, an honor uh, to speak with him. And uh, anyway, and also uh, uh, thank you, everybody, uh, for listening to the podcast. Um, if you have any suggestions, any comments, uh, please uh, feel free to shoot me a message. I'm on Facebook with at InSquash or my personal Facebook page, Jerry Gibson. At, uh, I'm also on Twitter at InSquash. Uh, and also uh, the podcast is available on iTunes. Please share it with your friends and all your, you know, all the players at your club. Uh, I'm sure they'll enjoy this one as well as uh, many of the others uh, that are there. That This is episode 82, so there are, there's plenty of... Uh, uh, squash listening uh, pleasure on, on the uh, on the podcast for you 82 episodes and we've got several more in the hopper right now so uh, please stay tuned for those thanks for listening enjoy your squash everyone and have a great day goodbye now <laughs>